Hello, it's Beezer again. A few months ago, I produced my first HPR episode, which I entitled The Long Road to Linux. Now, in that episode, I talked about how I became a refugee from proprietary software after the best part of three decades working in the IT industry. These days, I think I've described myself as a committed free software enthusiast, but certainly not an out-and-out fundamentalist. I went to see Richard Stallman give a talk at Wolfson College in Oxford a few months ago and I was very impressed by what he had to say. There's little doubt he is an eccentric, but he's certainly not the out-and-out nutter that some people portray him as. It's hard to argue against most of what he says on a pragmatic level. Where my views diverge from his is that I want my Wi-Fi to work, even if it does mean using non-free drivers. And I feel much the same way about the use of non-free audio and video codecs as well. After I'd installed my first Linux distro, which was Ubuntu 804, I started exploring the Linux software repositories and it didn't take me very long to realise that a lot of free and open source software is every bit as good as its commercial counterparts. I think a lot of open source developers must use those commercial counterparts as functional templates. While that may help the developer cut some corners with the requirements capture, it must tend to stifle innovation to some extent. LibreOffice is a good example of this. There's still plenty of Microsoft Office functions which you won't find in LibreOffice, that dreadful ribbon bar thankfully being one of them, but I'm struggling to think of any significant feature that's unique to LibreOffice. Perhaps that will start to change before too long, because from what I can see, Microsoft Office is running out of new ideas. Each new version delivers features which I can't believe that many people ever use. Maybe once the LibreOffice developers decide they've got nothing further to learn from Microsoft, that'll leave them free to consider some completely new features. Now, if it were up to me, I'd put a lot of effort into turning Base into a viable business tool. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not picking on LibreOffice because I don't like it. Far from it, in fact, I'm a huge fan and I use it every day. But it's certainly one of those applications which has a commercial counterpart acting as a benchmark. The problem Microsoft and every other commercial developer has got is that they only make money when they sell a copy of one of their products. However, as the software evolves and gets better in terms of features and functions, they must inevitably start to run out of useful things to put in the next version. This is exactly where Microsoft is now with Office. The trouble is, from their standpoint, the idea of calling it a day and ceasing active development can't really be an option. I'm sure that's why all these software companies now spend so much of their time dreaming up new ways of extracting money from their customers. To my mind, this highlights another advantage of open source software, certainly from the developer's perspective. If you're the developer of an application and you decide it's got all the features it needs, Having no financial incentive, there's no reason not to just put it into bug-fix-only mode or even walk away from it altogether. Obviously, some packages, like, say, VirtualBox, have to reflect changes to Linux kernel. So all the while Linux is under development, those packages will have to be maintained or they'll become irrelevant almost overnight. I listen to a lot of Linux podcasts, and I've often heard an application described as being dead. Now, for a distribution, that's probably fair enough. But for a simple application that delivers a few straightforward functions, it can be misleading. A distribution that's not been updated for a year or two probably is not much use, and it may even be a liability. 
but the same is not necessarily true for a simpler application. If it does all it set out to do well and reliably, and it still satisfies the relevant requirement, then I think it would be better described as having a frozen design, much as they do in manufacturing. After all, you don't take your car to the scrapyard as soon as Ford or whoever stops producing that model, do you? One thing I've noticed is that despite the vast choice of applications, there's some which just about everybody uses and others which never seem to get a mention. Could it really be that these widely adopted applications are that much better than the alternatives? I think you could draw analogies between free and open source software and the world of books. If you go in any bookshop, you'll probably find thousands of titles. But how many of those get any kind of promotion? Very few. Does that mean that the other books just sit there on the shelves with no publicity no good? Well, of course it doesn't. Maybe you could view repository tools like Synaptic as the bookshelves, where every package is equal and it has no promotion, while software managers, app stores, whatever you care to call them, are the shop windows. New applications which get no promotion will never get top billing, so they tend to get ignored. Take audio recording and editing as a case in point. When did you last hear anybody propose using anything other than Audacity? You'd be forgiven for thinking that there are no other audio editors around, but you'd be wrong. Ask the people who do use Audacity how much of its total functionality they've ever used, other than maybe for pure experimentation, and I'll bet it's not a lot. If that's the case, why not use an audio editor that focuses on the functions that most people really do use? Bloated software inevitably comes at the cost of performance and stability. The more features you've got, the more there is to go wrong. I've looked at maybe a dozen open source audio editors and some, to be honest, are pretty grim. Either the user interface is dreadful or the application keeps crashing, sometimes both. However, they're not all like that. One I cannot recommend too highly is called MH Wave Edit. You can cut, paste, mix, normalise, fade and do all the other basic sound editing functions and you can record from any audio source your system will recognise. Now, it won't apply fancy effects, but most people don't need to most of the time. The payback is that MH Wave Edit will load a 1GB file in just a few seconds and doesn't take that much longer to save the changes you make to it. I don't think I've ever known it to crash either. Can you say that about Audacity? Now, as far as I'm aware, the version of MH Wave Edit that I use now is the same as the one I used in 2008. Now, I don't know if its development has ceased, but if not, there can't be much development going on, but then there doesn't need to be. Another area where excessive bloat has become the norm is audio players. The trend and expectation now seems to be that an audio player should not only play audio files, but also provide access to music streaming services and internet radio stations, write media tags and sync music to iPods and phones. But why? Streaming services always provide their own play of some kind, either in the form of a local client or of some kind of web service. It's totally optimised for that stream, so any change the provider makes to the API stands a good chance of breaking any third-party applications. OK, so it takes a few mouse clicks to move from one dedicated application to another, but is that really such a big deal? Integration of disparate functions sounds like a great idea, but if any part of the application's ecosystem is beyond the control of developers, you're always building in the risk of obsolescence and instability. For its worth, I'd recommend the Decibel audio player. 
It plays all the regular audio formats like OG, MP3, WA and so on. It can play CDs and you can create playlists and save them to a file. But that's about it. The user interface is clean and tidy, but it's not flash or sexy. just gets the job done and never crashes. It's good enough for me and I suspect it is for a lot of other people too. I'll probably come across as something of a Luddite, but my approach seems to serve me pretty well. I subscribe to quite a few forums and there seem to be an awful lot of problems encountered by people who are trying to be clever, trying to integrate everything with everything else. The overall point I want to make for my ramblings today is not that my choice of applications is right and everybody else's is wrong. Everyone has their own idea of what they require from a package and that's fair enough. What I would like to do though is encourage people to look beyond simply using what everybody else is using and explore what the repositories have to offer before they settle on which application is the best option for any particular task. I love LibreOffice, but you may find that Abbey Word and Numeric suit your way of working better. I never got on with Audacity, but clearly plenty of people do. Maybe it is the right choice for you, but make that decision after assessing what else is on offer. When somebody sets out to write an open source application, they're not doing it to make money or get famous. They've seen a need to approach a task in a way that no other application currently does, or improve upon what's already available. Well, that takes a lot of time and effort and probably sacrifice too. In my days writing commercial software, on more than one occasion I spent weeks working on something which ended up, for one reason or another, not being used. It's demoralising, but at least I was getting paid. Free software developers don't have that consolation. At least if people try the software, if it turns out to be garbage, that can be fed back to the developer and he can learn from it. That, if you like, may be his reward. We all benefit greatly from the efforts of other enthusiasts. It's not asking much to give the small guy a chance every now and again. Before you just take the easy option and settle on what everybody else seems to be using, invest an hour or so looking through Snaptic, Yum or whatever repository tool you use and try some of the lesser known packages. It's one of the major advantages of open source software. You can try anything you like and it won't cost you a bean. Like me, you may be pleasantly surprised at what you find. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.